morning, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the word of God for the people of God. So my wife, Mary's grandmother, was a great person of faith. She was an every Sunday church goer. She kept her Bible right next to her chair, read it every day, did her own personal devotions, served her church, served her community, loved her friends and neighbors and family, and was faithful to the end. She lived until she was nearly 100 years old. But as she aged, she began to lose some of her abilities. She began to lose her hearing. And then her eyesight went. And then her mobility. So when she was in her mid-90s one day, when Mary and I were visiting her in the nursing home where she was living, she began to talk about, why am I still here? I began to lose all these abilities I've lost my husband, most of my friends have passed, I can no longer read or see, I can barely hear, I can hardly get out of bed. By the time she was finished recounting everything, Mary and I were getting pretty discouraged for her. And then she said, you know, that would be discouraging to some people. And I thought, well, for sure that would be discouraging to most people. But I think she had read these words from Paul and had them in her mind. Paul writes, so we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. What a great witness of faith. Are you being renewed day by day? Are you doing anything day to day? to help you stay in touch with God, to receive the renewing spirit of God, for the love of God and the life of God and the spirit of God to touch you and come alive and burn like fire in you? It's an important question to consider. But Paul says more than that. He gives us the reason or the basis or the foundation for why we should believe and we can believe in a better future. 
In verse 14, he says, Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Paul is making this great proclamation of what God has done in the world and then bringing it very close to home and making it personal, saying God can do this and will do this and wants to do this for you. It's basically like Paul saying, what are you facing? God will help. You struggle, God will help you. What happens at death? God brings you into the divine presence. God brings you into God's presence. How do you know? Paul says we know because the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. God is in the business of drawing us close Paul says God is in the business of raising us up, of strengthening us when we feel weak, of encouraging us when we are discouraged, of bringing light when we're in the midst of dark days. How do we know, Paul says? Oh, Paul says we know because what God has done in Jesus Christ. Death and destruction are never the last word for Christians even when we may be going through dark days. And certainly if we look at the world, we know there are dark days happening all around us. There's war in Europe and other places in the world. Many suffer from hunger and malnutrition. Poverty is alive in every country. Mass shootings across our country like no place else. Coming to Taft and then finally this week to Tulsa, Still, while living through a pandemic, even though it's not killing as many in our area, it's still sickening many, sending people to the hospital, causing long-term health care problems. Oh, there are some dark things happening in the world, not to mention our own personal struggles with whatever we may be carrying in our hearts, whatever we have run into that's knocked us down or tripped us up. Paul knows what it's like to experience trouble and trials. Paul has faced all kinds of problems and yet proclaims, we do not lose heart because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. John Wesley was surrounded by other believers as he lay dying in his bed. They tell us as they recounted what happened that three times before he died, he was able to muster the strength to say, the best of all is God is with us. The best of all is God is with us. Best of all, God is with us. That's what Paul, I think, is saying and reminding us that God wants us to draw near now, but God is also working to bring us with you, Paul says, into his presence. He goes on in verse 15 to say, Yes, everything is for your sake, 
so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we were reading, I read you a little quote from Dr. Marcus Borg, the great Bible scholar, who was talking about how believe and beloved, those two words are connected. To believe is to beloved. And Dr. Borg was saying we can love God and love each other because we know that God loves us and that God is committed to us, that God loves the world and has so sent us Christ into the world that all may know of this great love of God. Paul calls it grace in several places as he does here today. This unmerited favor of God, this abundant love that God is pouring out upon one and all. It is the story of Pentecost that the Spirit came to those early disciples in the passage in Acts that describes the scene. says the Holy Spirit fell on all the people there, on all who were gathered, and empowered them to go out into the world that others may know. Paul is saying the same thing. This grace comes to us, but it's not to reside just within us, but comes to us and then through us to others. I've put a couple of questions in your outline, things to consider. What are you doing to stay in touch with this love and grace of God day to day? We have a role to play in this connection with God of staying close to God. Number two, how are you sharing it with others? I remind you, both actions are preceded by God's love for us. Our ability to share this proclamation of good news, this love of God we have come to know in Christ comes to us and empowers us through the Holy Spirit. But it's rooted in our experience of God loving us, of us knowing for sure that God loves us and is drawing us ever closer and shaping and forming us ever more into the image and likeness of Christ. Of course, the church is being celebrated today, this coming of the Holy Spirit and the disciples going out to begin to proclaim the gospel. We mark as the birth of the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the church has these means of grace, as we call them, these channels of grace, these ways we can connect with God. For us as Methodists, we start with the sacraments, baptism and Holy Communion, as those things we can do together that help and remind us of who God is and that God loves us and how we are connected to God. But we don't stop there. We celebrate those in worship, but any time we gather together with other Christians to focus on God and to worship, that's a means of grace or a way to experience God being close in our own lives. And of course, when we gather together, we also pray together and affirm our faith together but of course you can also pray alone and affirm your faith in times of silence and solitude on your own of course there's also bible reading spiritual reading reading of devotionals sitting silently listening for god or praying to god speaking to god so many ways that we can connect with god some we do together some we do by ourselves 
And then we added when we were articulating our core values a few years ago that music and architecture and the arts inspire us and can be means of grace, means of experiencing God. Many of us find this place, this room, just walking into it is a place where we feel closer to God because we are here. How are you cultivating that experience day to day in your own living and your own life? And then, of course, Paul raises this issue of sharing that grace with others. How do we do that? Just like with the means of grace, sometimes we do it individually and sometimes we gather together. Sometimes we know that a friend is in need, so we bake some brownies or make a casserole and take them some food as an expression of our love and care and support for them. But other times we gather together and make sandwiches for hundreds or bag meals for thousands of people that are going to go anywhere on the globe. We don't know where, but we do it together we package the food and we send it out as a blessing from God in the name of Christ. So sometimes we're sharing the gospel just by ourselves. Other times we're doing it as a group. Sometimes we experience the presence of God when we're all alone. Other times we do it with a group. Sometimes we invite someone into this family of faith because we know a friend or a neighbor that needs some help or is looking for a church home. Other times we organize programs and ministries like Sistema or our Smiles of Faith that open our doors in different ways for individuals and families to experience the love of God and be invited into the family of faith. There's lots of different ways we can share this love of God, share this grace with others. Our book of uh, discipline has our theology and polity and doctrines it's got lots of great statements of faith in it i want to just read one to you that applies to what we're talking about today this is how we have it in the book of discipline it says we share the christian belief that god's redemptive love is realized in human life by the activity of the holy spirit both in personal experience and in the community of believers. This community is the church, which the Spirit has brought into existence for the healing of the nations. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, reconciled to God, and transformed as people of the new covenant. Life in the Spirit involves diligent use of the means of grace such as praying, fasting, attending upon the sacraments, and inward searching in solitude. It also encompasses the communal life of the church in worship, mission, evangelism, service, and social witness. So many ways we can experience God coming to us. And just as many ways we can share that experience that we have come to know in Christ with others. Paul says, in short, receive love and share love, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And that would be a lot for him to say, but he does not stop there in this passage. He goes on in verse 17 and 18 to extend this life with God beyond even death. He says, for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And then in the first verse of that fifth chapter, he goes on to say, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. Paul says there is a place for us, not only in this life to be close to God, but beyond death. There's a place for us in eternity. We will experience it, being in the presence of God beyond our death. Who are we in Christ? Is our sermon series this month. Paul's answer in this passage is we are ones who live eternally in God. We have been affirming that. We've been using until today for the last couple of months that affirmation of faith that is also penned by Paul over in the 8th chapter of Romans where he says nothing can separate us from the love of God we have come to know in Jesus Christ. Then he names things that might separate us and said, none of that matters. God transcends it all. The love of God will overcome any and all obstacles we might experience. I'll close with this story. It's a patient with a doctor. A doctor's having to deliver to this particular patient a terminal diagnosis. Can tell it's hit the man hard as he sits a while in silence and then he says to the doctor can I ask you one more question and the doctor says sure and he said can you tell me what it's going to be like on the other side the doctor says I really cannot that's really beyond the scope of my expertise but the patient protested and said, but you're a Christian. And he said, I am. But I cannot tell you exactly what it's going to be like on the other side. But he said, I can tell you this. And he stands up from his chair and walks over to a door and shakes the door handle. And as soon as he rattles the handle, you hear the pitter-patter of Little feet coming toward the door and then a little scratch and then a little whimper. And the doctor says, watch this. And he opens the door and inbounds a little bundle of fur, a new puppy bouncing around the doctor with great enthusiasm, excitement, jumping up and down and circling him. The doctor says to the man, this is my new puppy. He's never been in this room before. He had a, no idea what he was going to experience in here. And yet because he knew I was in here, he bounded in without fear. I cannot tell you what it's going to be like on the other side. 
but I know my master is there. And that is enough for me. Amen. And thanks be to God.